Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to everyone wherever you are, whatever time you're listening. This is Back to Nature and I'm Katie and I'm joined with Shannon. And today's episode is all about exercise. So in the modern day world, we are living increasingly sedentary lifestyles. And so I feel like it's important to bring to light the importance of exercising and the reasons why we're increasingly neglecting this essential aspect of our lives. Yeah, I think sedentary lifestyles are basically becoming the norm these days, you know, especially as we're increasingly working from home and and the pervasive influence of technology, you know, jobs which aren't less jobs which, which are outdoors and more jobs emerging which are which are in the office. And I think that is one aspect of this topic which, you know, links back to our theme of of back to nature because we are literally spending less time, you know, out in nature as we discussed in our Being in Nature episode. Um, And that is, you know, having a, you know, not not the best impact on our mental well-being and also our physical health. And, and, you know, arguably that's, that's because it's, it's it's not natural to spend su- you know the, the vast vast majority of our time you know in indoors and we we live in these man-made environments and humans are just becoming more and more detached from the natural world and yeah i think also because people tend not to exercise that much on the whole the the statistics reveal that the people who do exercise are in are in a a minority and I think this lack of a, a culture of exercising is definitely contributing to this trend towards sedentary lifestyles so therefore we argue that uh, exercising is a an excellent form of going back to nature. Yeah I um, echo what you just said there Shannon I think you know our lives are taking a massive shift to being more technology based and not only in terms of jobs but also in terms of hobbies you know as we kind of said in our social media episode people are spending more and more time indoors and that has probably been catalyzed somewhat by having the lockdown um, and you know the effects of COVID-19 but I think on top of that is there's less incentive to kind of go out and exercise even just in the basic form as taking a walk because as we see the rate of urbanization increasing we're just surrounded by these concrete jungles and it's well to some people it's visually appealing but you just don't get that urge to go out get the fresh air because if you're living in a big city it's just kind of filled with pollutants and there's bad air quality and so I think we're really seeing a massive shift from you know spending more time outdoors and exercising more frequently to becoming quite sessile in our lifestyles and not really taking time to actually go and exercise and maybe another contributing factor to that is a lot of people feel increasing pressure from their jobs um, and from their home lives and so they kind of struggle to find the time to actually maybe go to the gym or just go out for a run and so I think it's quite important for us to somehow find that time to do that because as we'll get on to later on in this episode there are so many benefits to exercise and when you do take that time actually you know do something you can really start to see how it impacts your lifestyle for the better 
Yeah, true. I I do agree. But I would just add as a as a counter to what you were saying about this this trend towards spending less and less time outdoors. Uh, I would I would agree that you know looking at it from a, a broad multi decade perspective, then yeah, that is that is definitely the trend. However, I think the the pandemic has actually had a more positive effect than maybe most people might might think in in terms of time spent outdoors, uh, which which I think is something that we should focus on because the pandemic has you know certainly brought many difficulties and problems and hardship in general. But you know usually in in history when we get big crises global crises there are you know some positive things which can emerge you know from the from the aftermath and that's a recurring theme throughout history i think when you get a big crisis something like the covid-19 pandemic or a war generally something positive emerges you know alongside all the obvious negative human impacts and you know sometimes those can be to do with nature or the you know people spending more time outside as is you know in the case of covid-19 or it could be the the push for civil rights and women's rights as a as a result of of world war 2 for example so yeah it's definitely interesting um to to think about and something to bear in mind because i feel like the media tend to overplay the you know the the negative statistics about covid and kind of gloss over some of the the more the more positive things just because of the kind of news that sells i guess i mean i've seen i've seen some reports these statistics but but definitely not as many as you know the doom and gloom negative ones i mean over a third of adults uh, say that they are visiting local green and natural spaces more than before covid-19 and almost half say they are spending more time outside than before covid-19 which is really you know significant like you know 50% more that's that's huge um and i think that's really 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 positive and you know maybe the pandemic could be a, a catalyst for for change potentially in terms of you know spending time outdoors and just exercising in general I think as well the fact that after the lockdown you know spending so much time indoors people feel the need to go outside and are actually spending more time outside goes to show that this is a natural part of being human and this is something that we need to do and we want to do and so to me it just kind of emphasizes the importance of doing this kind of thing it's just a bit of a shame that it only really comes to light after something impactful like COVID-19 happens but nevertheless at least it is something that people are realizing now although I do think it's good that people are realizing the need to spend more time outdoors and to get fresh air Unfortunately, I don't think that alone is enough. I mean, just looking at the NHS website, it suggests that adults should do strengthening activity that work all major muscle groups at least two days a week, do at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity a week or 75 minutes of vigorous activity a week and should spread this exercise evenly over a minimum of four days a week but preferably every day and on top of that do several short sessions of very vigorous intensity activity so of course 
you know, going for walks in nature is a great way to achieve some exercise a week. It's not enough. And most people do need to try a bit harder to at least get in um, a more substantial exercise routine. And I think that is really represented in a statistic that I saw that only one in three adults receive the recommended amount of physical activity each week. And in terms of every day, less than 5% of adults participate in 30 minutes of physical activity, which is just insane. I can't even believe that. Wow. And when you do exercise, you just can't imagine not exercising I know once you get into it you're in there I mean is that do you do you feel like you're at that stage yet I do feel like I've reached that place to some extent I'm by no means perfect but I feel an urge to exercise every day even if it is just by going on a walk and I tend to feel quite bad at the end of the week if I haven't done some kind of high intensity workout so I think Shannon and I differ quite a bit in how we like to get our regular exercise in because in the past I tried just going to the gym on my own but I get quite bored and I find it less rewarding and I don't really tend to push myself as hard as I can so the way that I found to make sure that I do do my exercise regularly is by going to gym classes there's one at my local gym on a Tuesday Thursday and Saturday that I like to try and go to and they range in intensity but at the end of it I always feel really good um and in between those classes is in the days in between oh well I've got a dog so I've pretty much always got to exercise each day even if it's just gentle uh that moderate exercise that the NHS uh references to she's got two dogs actually you have two dogs but one's blind one's blind that's true yeah Morris is a bit of a a house dog he doesn't like the outside he likes his bed but actually interestingly so Morris has always been a little bit lazy and he never liked to go outside when he was younger well he, he did like to go outside but not half as much as Horace did Horace was always running about the place um he liked to go hunting a lot even though I didn't support that he was just constantly on the loose and I guess getting in a lot of exercise even if he meant to or not and they're both the same age and now Morris really shows his age they're both 15 and Morris is kind of like your classic old man he doesn't really walk much he's quite frail and Horace he sometimes gets mistaken for a puppy and often that contrast in my mind I think is due to the amount of exercise they got in when they were younger and they are twins as well so genetically they're not too dissimilar but the sort of difference in their physical abilities now is insane um and you just wouldn't think that they are the same age which I just in my mind goes to show the importance of exercise throughout your life wow yeah that is that is fascinating yeah um I don't think you've ever really told me that before about the difference in you know how how your dogs were when they were when they were younger in terms of the amount of exercise that they did um obviously now yeah I definitely noticed the difference between Morris and and Horace Morris obviously seems like a much older dog for sure but yeah wow and especially because they're genetically identical as well it it really isolates the impact of you know environmental and, and lifestyle factors and you know although they're dogs I think the same kind of hypothesis can be applied to humans as well 
to be fair. So yeah, no, that is is so interesting. I mean, I th- I think the pa- the power of exercise and of diet, as, as we discussed in our in our first episode in the first episode of this podcast, the the value of those two things you know, in in having a really healthy diet and doing regular exercise, when you pair them together, I, th- I think they can have such a dramatic impact on your quality of life and on your life expectancy and, you know, reduce your risk of uh, all the leading diseases and uh, conditions, um, you know, which which are caused primarily by environmental causes. I mean, obviously stopping smoking as well. I mean, it's, it's those three things, no smoking, exercise and diet. Yet in the medical industry, there is barely any emphasis on the importance of diet and exercise, nutrition and studies on, you know, the, the dramatic impact that exercise can have on the body. You know, it's, it, they're not that common and uh, it's, it's quite a small, you know, marginal part of the, of the syllabus in, in universities for, for medical students. In, in the UK, we have a, a separate degree subject called where you can, where you can train to be, to be a dietitian, and that's separate from, from doing medicine. But, sh- you know, surely, obviously, the two should go hand in hand. But I guess, you know, they don't because of the, you know, the, the control that, that the farm pharmaceutical industry has over medicine you know in ensuring that the types of treatments which are being offered are in the big pharmaceutical companies best best interests i guess and that's why it's you know drug focused treatments rather than you know treatments that focus on prevention uh, which would mean you know patients are spending less money on drugs essentially uh, which is kind of sad um and you know schools could also play a role in you know, drumming it into kids from a young age, how important it is to, you know, exercise regularly and just, you know, having a huge nationwide campaign to just improve how much the nation exercise, you know, because I think that's something that could definitely be changed from within the establishment, but it probably just won't happen because of deep-seated vested interests. Yeah, it is crazy when you think about it, how little exercise and diet is spoken about. For example, I can't think of a time when I've gone to a doctor's office and they've mentioned either of those words. And at school, I suppose there are things like food tech and PE, but that kind of stops past the age of, what, 15, 16? And then past that, it's entirely up to you. They don't really help facilitate exercising. And they also, even though we did PE, there wasn't any of really the theory behind it why it is important to do it and you know I think it is such an essential part of our lives I mean of course you have all these physical benefits but even mentally it could play such a big role in preventing so many mental health issues I think um, you know some of the benefits that are associated with regular exercise are um, improved sleep and you know decrease in insomnia which uh, we hinted at in our sleep episode it improves self-esteem it improves mood it helps focus and productivity it also reduces anger and frustration um, and it's also been shown to improve social skill and also decrease things like tension, stress and mental fatigue. So, you know, there's a wide range of positive mental impacts that exercise has, but it's not something that we're really made aware of. And I think both healthcare and schools could definitely do more to help educate the population on that. 
Yeah, and you mentioned how food tech and PE, we did we did those subjects up to the age of what, uh, you know, 14, 15, but even so, they were just seen as these kind of marginal, not very important subjects. You know, people didn't really take them seriously. They were just a source of fun. And I think the problem is, including these kind of things in in the curriculum is just a box checking exercise, just squeezing them in alongside the core academic subjects, which make up, you know, 80, 90% of the of the curriculum. I just think there should be more balance and that it also could be more holistic and which would help with what you said about the importance of explaining to children why it's important to do the exercising. You know, I, I think the curriculum just in general could be more more logical almost, a bit more rational so that, you know, kids can actually understand why they're doing what they're doing you know and then they'd just be less alienated with with the school system in general because they would feel like they were doing things for a reason because you know I think a common complaint among kids at school is that what they're doing doesn't feel you know relevant whereas if the curriculum is focused on cultivating individuals who can flourish and be happy and healthy if we focus on that in education, you know, we could change things quite dramatically. Um, but yeah, sorry, it's classic me going off on a tangent about education reform because that's something that I'm really interested in. But it does relate back to, to exercise. So I definitely think as well that um, tackling a problem with a lack of exercise needs to come from a top-down approach. You know, it's starting with the government and schools promoting it more so because at the moment there's quite a lack of a culture that really promotes exercise um, and in a way that is actually substantial enough and I think you know we should try to encourage parents to um, get their children to exercise more but once again um, if people around them aren't really doing it themselves and it's very hard to start that off which just emphasises the reason why it should come from government initiatives um, and school initiatives too. But regardless, I think we need to find what suits us with or without the government's support. I mean, for some people who uh, have a lot more financial freedom and stability, you can join clubs or gyms, but even those of low income, There are things like home workouts and runs that you can do. So you've really just got to find what suits you and your specific conditions. It's accessible to all, although there are varying degrees to, you know, which exercises in particular you can do. But it's still up to us ultimately to make that change and to be more active. Definitely. Yeah, I can, I completely agree. I mean, I think, I think we have a responsibility to ourselves, you know, to our bodies to, to exercise on some form of a, of a regular basis, I think. And obviously I know it's, you know, it's harder for some than others. Um, and if you're struggling mentally, it can be harder to motivate yourself to, to keep fit. And yeah, I I completely appreciate that. And obviously some people are, you know, physically unable, um, to, to do much exercise, um, you know, and that's all completely valid, but I think on the whole, if you, if you can, then, you know, you, you definitely should. I mean, for me personally, I, I barely exercised when I was in school up until the age of maybe 18 or 19. And then in my first year of university, I wasn't really exercising very much either and was just, you know, drinking alcohol and eating a lot, (laughs) I guess, in my first year of uni. Uh, So then 
um, I ended up just deciding to change things in my in my second year and I'm really glad that I did so I took up running that was my entry into doing more exercise and I really love that always have for me it's as much mental as as physical but physically it's been the the benefits have been immense in terms of my fitness and my like lung capacity and yeah I'm able to run very comfortably now which means my runs have just become enjoyable rather than struggles just opportunities to reflect and relax and take in nature so that's why I love running and then I also go to the gym I'm I struggle with motivating myself to go to the gym more but I think I'm motivated by the desire to look good I guess with the gym whereas for running it's more it's more about you know feeling really good and then just you know knowing that I'm doing some like high intensity exercise you know which is cardio and good for my you know overall health and that um and then and then yeah gym you know all all those same benefits but I guess I just don't find it as interesting and being indoors and I guess that's kind of my um exercise routine so yeah, I mean it's quite it's a bit different to yours, I guess, with the with the classes. But you know, I like I I, I do like classes as well. I'd like to do more of them. I also play badminton. But yeah, I mean we 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 did yoga together as well, which was which was really fun. I think yoga is a really nice form of of exercise for sure. I think yoga as well is a perfect example of something that is um, pretty accessible to all because regardless of how able-bodied you are, you can find a yoga routine that suits you and is tailored towards your sort of body and your strengths. And it's something you can do at home. You can do it for five minutes. You can do it for an hour and you can make it a social thing. Uh, For instance, Shannon and I during lockdown used to try to do it a couple of days a week together. And so we would just have our screen set up just be on laptop and it was still a nice way to sort of connect with your friend but also get some exercise in and you know as a free way of exercising I think it's um, a great way to kind of fit in that into your sort of day I was just gonna say we should we should go back to doing yoga together on video call that would be fun yeah we should do that was good we kind of fell out of the habit but that has reminded me that we should return <laughs> to this on that note, um, we are going to wrap up. Just to reiterate then, try and find some kind of exercise that, that works for you, whatever that may be, and just try and set aside some time to, to exercising, doing whatever works for you, whatever whatever you can do. Um, but yeah, that's the message that we are going to leave you with. And next week, we're going to be returning for an episode about barefoot running, which is a topic that I'm particularly interested in. So I'm really excited for that one. Bye for now.